Welcome to another episode of Market Overdrive. I am your host, residential real estate broker, Carlamina Woodcompass. I hope you're having a blessed week and I'm super excited as always to be here and enlighten you as to what is happening in the trenches with Market Overdrive and of course, real estate with me every other week, my co-host. How are you, Joel? Hey guys, it's time to elevate your real estate IQ on uh, WGN's Market Overdrive. And also the beautiful, how are you, Tammy? Hello. Welcome, everyone. We have some goodies for you tonight in store. <laughs> so excited. So you guys, weren't we supposed to start at 7? <laughs> we love it so much we're early. We want to be here. It. We'll probably be here past 7. So get though. this. We're doing a whole relaunch, rebranding, and we got some really awesome marketing pieces. And of course, it took Joel to be like, oh, Carla, it's wrong. It's at 7 o'clock. And of course, we're here live at 5.30 on Thursday. So thank you again for sharing this afternoon with us. Um I want to go ahead and talk to you guys seriously. What's going on in trenches, Joel? Okay, so we're already talking about a yeah. shifting real estate market, right? And so I just want to share a story of one of my clients from a week ago that had a closing. And this is nothing like the spring market, right? We're just getting into a time where people are actually able to acquire a property below market value if they're out there shopping and searching correctly. So this was a client that has bought multiple investment properties. They did not need to buy anything. They took their time. They went out and looked at different properties. And if they submitted an offer and it wasn't accepted, perfectly fine. They're waiting for the right type of property to come along where the seller is absolutely uh, willing to let a property go at a price. They were able to close at $32,000 less than what it's truly worth. And that's a real deal. So you can go out there and we're going to talk about it with my guests today about how you can go out and find properties that are below market value. Did he say below market value? Is that real? Like, seriously? What's so going it's on? not what it's listed for. <laughs> we can always list a property, but when it actually appraises for a certain dollar amount and you're getting a true bona fide savings, that's how we can make money in real estate. That's boss. I love it. I want to hear all about it. And of course, again, what's going on in your end? Uh, so I actually have some news hot off the press that I am so excited about, uh, excited to share. Um, a couple weeks ago, we had a guest on the show, Kiana. Some of you guys might remember her. And she was sharing about her heartache and turmoil of what she went through in her process of purchasing her condo that they thought was FHA approved. And then they found out it was not, in fact, an FHA approved condo. Well, this new news is that uh, there's a change. FHA decided that they will be making all condos available to people uh, so long as it meets a, a reasonable pretty much like a warrantable criteria. Um, so rather than now condo mm-hmm. units or condo buildings having to submit these massive packets and then getting in line for years uh, for FHA to get the condo approved and then making people like our borrower, Kiana, uh, wait months and months and pay these high fees, now uh, they have an opportunity to do that. And previously, FHA had only approved 6.2% of all condos in the United States. That's huge. That means that right now we're opening the rest of the 93% up to possible for those FHA borrowers. Wow, slow the car, right? This is exactly what we're here to talk about, you guys. Market Overdrive, it's here to elevate your real estate IQ and show you how to transact with the experts. This information is super, super hot. Why? Because there's so many first-time buyers who are looking to buy their first home. So if the building is not FHA approved, there's so many things that could go wrong. Like if you're extending it until the building becomes approved, you're right. You're doing a rate lock and there's fees associated with that. And then, of course, I'm seriously, seriously intrigued with this information that Joel has about how to buy below market value. Meaning, after you do the appraisal, the appraiser says the property you're buying is less than X amount than what you're paying for it. I mean, it's more than what you're paying for. So, 
Great information. So today we're going to talk about um, the shifting markets. We have an amazing guest today, and I'm going to let Joe introduce him. But later on the show, you're going to hear from another person who's going to talk about year ago, like the difference between this year versus last year's market and how you can predict and anticipate what's going to happen in first quarter of next year. So stay tuned, and I hope you learn with us. Go ahead, Joel, introduce your guest. Well, before I do that, Tammy was talking about something. We already got phone calls because of that. I mean, they are talking about FHA. <laughs> it's just changed. It's hot off the press. And that's what I really like about Tammy. She's bringing real education to the people that are out there listening. Before we get into my guest today, so today on the mod scene, we'll have two opportunities to win swag and uh, tune in. So you'll be able to find out from Tony P's events Two different ways to get swag and a giveaway. So, and God knows I love giveaways. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> VIP treatment for everyone. So changing market. We have a guest here today that has been in this business, knows what's going on. Uh, John, how are you? I'm doing great, Jill. Introduce yourself. Tell us, everyone, uh, where you're from and uh, how long you've been in the business. Um, name's John Lyons, real estate broker out of Baird and Warner's Lincoln Park office. Been in the business for about six years, building a team. Um, revenue last year is just under 12 million. Um, yeah. You were telling me before we got on air, there's something going on right now. We're seeing a shift, right? Talk to me about it from a seller's perspective first. What's going on? If I'm getting ready to list a place or I have it listed already, what are you seeing? Well, I don't want to be all doom and gloom Mm -hmm. because it depends on the segment that you're really in, but I mean, the market's down year to date. It's down 10% volume sales. Um, you're looking at actual revenue or, um, um, uh, the median sales price down 2%. So the area that I market in is from like the South Loop up to the north side of Chicago. So uh, Rogers Park, west to western. And that data is a little down. So, and it really depends on the segment. So what I found that the, the most challenging segment for a seller is below $500,000. And what I'm finding is that a lot of times, it's because of this huge booming rental market that you're seeing. You're seeing like a boom in these deconversions. Correct. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You see a lot of these high-end rentals going up, and a lot of the millennials and the first-time home buyers are a little scared. There's a lot of uncertainty going on. You got a you know a new presidential election going on mm-hmm. next next year. A lot of economists are talking about a recession most likely happening in the next year or so. But what comes down to the reality of it all is that everybody's got to realize the perspective is that we're coming off of the longest U.S. economic boom in history. So um, that case is to be expected. What are the economists saying? Not just John, the realtor, is saying that's going to be just probably something small. And most likely, it's going to be passed before you even know it. So we got to so, set our expectations as a seller. What I'm hearing you yeah. say, and I love that you're on talking about this. Yeah, and you got to really, it's all about, you know, you got to do everything that every other seller needs to do. Prep the property, make sure it's the best possible condition, you know, make it shine like a brand new penny, like I like to say. But the bottom line is you got to price it right. You can't, like before, two years ago, you could price it like a couple points below, above and you can, like the market will reach for it. Now it's kind of like, well, you almost had to do right at the marker, maybe a point or two below, so you sell within that median market time and you don't react to the market if it does drop further. If you get multiple offers, which is not uncommon, then you get multiple offers and drive the price up, but you got to price it right. Okay, so you're like really scary me, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know. I don't and I'm be like, doing wait, gloom. you can't say but that. Are you kidding me, Chris? But, but here's the thing. It's the agents <laughs> don't talking say. talking about like, is it a recession or adjustment? We have to be specific. It's not a recession. It's still a seller's market. So, <laughs> so, the, so, so it's still, it's still at 4.7 months of supply. So that's still considered a seller's market. But market times are up. I think my data shows market times are up 15% year to date. 
Which and is then crazy, right? Because we just experienced a rate decrease or we're trying to get everybody to refinance because we're at the lowest since 2008. So that adjustment on the Fed rates and all that is just a buzz. I understand you're shaking your head. It's a buzz. But again, is there really going to be an adjustment or a historical low? Like, did are we talking about Ooh, 2010 numbers? If I had numbers? a crystal ball, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. <laughs> but, I tell, but I will tell you this. I'll tell you this. What is the data show? And like the past four major recessions... Three or five past five major recessions. I'll reference the data after this. Three of them, the market values, the housing market values still increased. Yes. So even though there might be a, a recession, which is two quarters of an economic downturn, the market values of properties could still go up. So be prepared for that. And the most important thing for buyers to know is that the affordability is still there. The affordability is still amazing right now. Rates are incredibly low. The prices are still low. And then if you look at the affordability index that the NAR shows, anything before the downturn of 2008, we're still much more affordable in the, from the 90s to the 2000s than it is Right now, it's more affordable is what I'm trying to say. And the downturn, yes, the downturn, it was amazing values, but it was a lot of risk involved in that, and it's not going to happen again. Okay, see, so I like clarification because I want to hold you up to this next yeah. year, right? When there's an adjustment. <laughs> right, 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 right. Say I heard it on Market Overdrive because John told me. Uh, but really, I do agree with you, right? It's an adjustment period. But if you price something right, right. and you understand the analytics, what's, how long is it going to take for a property to sell within an area? Right. And also that price point, you call it a segment. So did you say anything below 500 I think anything below 500 is just more comp- competition with the rental market. And it's usually below 500 is going to be a first time home buyer, which is also kind of uncertain. And so what I think, and I think a lot of brokers would agree with this, this is like a broker's market, meaning that it's important to educate the clients to make sure they truly understand like what is the data showing so they know and they feel confident to make a decision. And I so that's that. that's where that. the, the the good brokers are going to shine in a in a market like this. Yeah, I think education is key. Joel, what are you seeing as far as like financing? Are are people getting loans? Are they refinancing? Or are you, I'm sorry, are they doing refinances? Or are they doing purchases? Well, we have seen the rates come down. They haven't come down as much as they should based on where the bond market is right now. So it is still one of these things where you think with the rates being so low, all of these buyers are just going to get out and buy. It's not happening. It's not. People are buying when they need to buy. Right. They're not just jumping off right. that proverbial fence because rates are down at 3.5%. Now, if we see this continue to go even lower, which we may, which we you may. might get some people that are going to make that move. But for us right now, if you're a buyer, you've talked about this. This is what I really like. You talked about the seller side of it. Right. It also creates an opportunity for buyers. Tell right. me if I'm a buyer right now and I don't have to buy. I'm not really needing to close in 30 days. What is the strategy right now in the next couple of months? What would you be doing with me? Well, what I would say is just know the data, Mm -hmm. know the area that you want to live in, and that way you know the data in that area, right? Because every area is going to be different. And then basically watch the property. Once you identify an area that you want to live in, you're going to know the median sales price for that area. You're going to know the type of property that might be. And then when you see the opportunity that prop, you know, when the prices drop or if a price gets adjusted or if a new property hits the market that's below that where the opportunity might lie, then you just got to strike at it. Be educated. This is Be what you're educated. talking about. It's, Working with somebody like yourself that knows it, right? right. So many Be people educated. are brand new in the real estate business and they, they have an online website and they're not doing what you're doing. 
it, it's hard to you know surmise it all mm-hmm. in like a small a small little snippet, but it's mainly that's education. why you're here. You got to do it in ma- a snippet. <laughs> is, is exactly is it's mainly just education and giving the buyer confidence to make a decision. That's what I try to do best is help people make decisions that will improve the quality of their life. And that's what we do with the data. And that's where you're taking the purchasing experience from online to really a professional one, right? That one-on-one experience where you're actually consulting, like you're an investment consulting, consulting where you're looking at everybody's goals or you're looking at your client's goals and, and saying, okay, this is what you're looking for. So if you're not in a rush, let's just play the market. Let's flirt with it. Let's right. identify an area. And then once you're ready to buy, you buy. I, right. and I, I, and I love that you say that too, but can we go back into the education aspect? Right. Um, because I think it's imperative that we go back to the rates and how that's affecting the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, right, we want to, we want to, the government wants to ignite consumer spending and we want to, you know, get more people to purchase. But I think people are using these rates and, and decrease in rates and affordability to getting credit cards, right? The credit cards, they, the rates are going to be low as well. Purchasing vehicles. But I'd like to, you know, kind of say yeah, something sure. about real estate. And, the and fact I would that it's a utilitarian product right. and you're still building equity and you're buying it. Yep. You, you know, the vehicle re- decreases in value when you take it out of the lot. But right. a property, you're actually building wealth and it's long-term wealth. Yeah, and I would say this. I think the most important, like perspective. For buyers, perspective is everything. And and educate them, like we said before, but also kind of break it down for them. What I find a lot of times is they're scared that the market might go down further. And it might, it might. But what's the alternative? Your rent's $2,500 a month, okay? So that's $30,000 a year. And so if the market goes down three points, you're still winning by the buy, and so they don't actually back it out on the costs associated with the rent. And you get all the beautiful th- aspects of home owner- ownership, the write-offs, et cetera. So I think the most important thing is to give them perspective, historical perspective on where affordability is, what's normal, and then also what rates are historically and where it is right now. And then also, I mean, I'm a big bull market Chicago guy, and I think that the affordability of Chicago is the best in, from the coast. It's the, I think it's way undervalued. Of course, that's my opinion. And if you but look at the true, coast right? for yeah. a major metropolitan city, it's amazing value. The tax is not so much. Maybe we got to work on that. But uh, I think it's perspective that I try to give my buyers. Right. And I mean, yeah. even with the taxes going up, we had the adjustment in rates. So I think it allows people to do that. And about your comment about, you know, the fact that value is going to go down. Real estate is an appreciating asset. So right. over time, right, it's going to go back. And I know you guys hear me say this over and over again, but we're looking at this from a long term perspective. Right. Your years. rental property, yeah. and I just put a property in the market at 860 West Blackhawk. And seriously, it's the craziest, wackiest, most like stunning property. It's colorful. It was designed by the design, um, the owners of, um, uh, what's a carnival? And so like the oh, colors, you're going to see it. It's really fun, but you can't do that at a rental. You can't customize. Right. No. And it's like your own, again, a utilitarian vehicle that builds wealth and it can go down in value. Who cares? Right. In the two flat category, we talk about this all the time. It's going to decrease in value. Right. But as long as the rental income is subsidizing that mortgage payment over time, it's going to increase in value. So again, it's right. utilitarian and then the value goes up and you make equity. You I, can't do that with a rental. Of course, for savings too. Right. Right? I like equity. what John says this. Yeah. He talks about if the value comes down just a little bit, and he, he used a number, $2,500 a month. So if we do that for the next five years, that is $150,000. Yeah. If you're paying $2,500 a month, you can afford a $300,000 place. Right. Is there a chance that that place is going to go down $150,000 in the next three years? No. So, so during 2008, the percentage of decrease in the market nationwide was 19%, according to NAR. So no. Right. There it is. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I jo- love it. But what do you say to someone that wants to say, yeah, but I don't get the amenities. Like, because now you're looking at a high rise building that has like $700 in assessments. I'm not getting a doorman. Well, I'm not getting know. the pool. I'm not getting the, the, the theater room. So what? Never going to have a perfect property out there, right? <laughs> But you, okay, but you encourage buying, so. <laughs> but I encourage buying, yes. Overall, what are your three key, like, go and do this, and John told you to do it, and call me, email me, get a hold of me, because I want you to, pr- I want you to prove me right. Okay, I would say, the, the, if any buyer out there that's looking to buy, they want to know four metrics. Oh, look at that, okay. Median sales price, list to sales percentage, so what is the list price to the close price for the area? The area that I just spoke about is 96, the average is 96.8%. So there's not a lot of negotiation. My job is to negotiate that more, obviously, but you have to have the perspective that you're not going to get, you know, 20% off or 10% off the asking price, most likely. And then you want to know supply. Is it a buyer's or seller's market? We talked about that. Is it in its 4.7 is going up? And then you want to know market time. So if a property has not been adjusted in price, and it's way past that market time, then it's likely to be way overpriced or there's something wrong with it. Right. So those four metrics will help out any buyer out there uh, in the marketplace to be able to strike at that right property. And you heard it in Market Overdrive. That is truly the core of negotiations, right? That's the basis of what you're going to look at. And if your realtor is not doing that for you, that's because they don't understand the analytics with respects to marketing a property. So on the buy side, and the sell side. That's the key of what you should uh, be asking your realtor. Everything else is, right, fluff, marketing, and public relations, and all that jazz, but really understand the analytics. I love that. John, before you go, tell everyone literally where they can reach you. Give a cell phone. Give uh, right. Tell us where people could reach you, please. Uh, you can reach me on my cell. I'm going to give it out. 773 I'll slow it down a little bit. 773 <laughs> You can email me at john, J-O-H-N dot Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S at BairdWarner.com. Or you can go to my website, uh, johnlyonsrealestate.com, and you can find me there. I love it. So I call all our you know production team Mod Geeks. Truly, you geeked out today. Yeah. I awesome. thought we were going to start talking. About- First time here. <laughs> I was like, really, how do you get you know lower that list price? And that's true. I love it. Great information. Thank Thanks you so much. so much for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I love it. And so you're seeing this, right? A lot of uh, buyers are getting good deals. And again, it, co- it it goes down to, and it boils down to negotiations, Joe. My job as a mortgage professional is to teach and educate. So what we're doing is not selling. We're actually making sure that when the person's getting ready to buy, they have somebody that's in their corner, that's an ally that'll actually help them. So whether they're buying today or six months from now, they have somebody that'll actually guide them. That's how you get more referrals. And that's who you want to be working with. I love it. So today, everybody's wearing these really cute, happy colors, and here I am in black. What's going on with Carla today? <laughs> I'll just pick up myself, but how are you, Miss Tammy? Um, I am doing very well. I also don't usually wear light pink blazers, so maybe it's just an opposite <laughs> day for us. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I have a special guest with me today um, that I'm really excited to introduce. Um 15-year real estate broker here in the Chicago area, Ami Bumia. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here today. It's my second time on the show. I was like, Bumia. Like, Bumia? Bumia. I think, I don't know. Ask her. Bumia. Bumia. Okay, perfect. (laughs) You look lovely. Look at that makeup. Oh, my gosh. We need a makeup artist in the studio, too. Look at me. I'm like a hot mess. You look amazing. You're beautiful. Thank you. I just say that so you could say it back and see how this goes. And we can talk about each other this whole time. (laughs) 
So Ami actually is a return guest because Ami was on the show for the first time with me. Uh, one of the times that I was a guest on the show way back in the day, like a year and a half ago. Uh, We're so, all grown up now. Look yeah. at us. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are back again talking about some exciting stuff today. Um, so Ami, you have for us, and we had posted this online, so you guys on Instagram and Facebook who are waiting for it, um, you have for us some interesting stuff about uh, the market and what is different about this year than other years. Not all fall winter markets are created equal. Um, what are you expecting or what can home buyers anticipate um, or sellers anticipate from this market upcoming? Well, this market is, I mean, people ask me all the time, when is a good time to buy? And we're right in it. We're right in the middle of it. And just what John was talking about earlier, um, you know, there are, there's definitely plenty of inventory for buyers to take a, take a look at and make their choices and they don't have to hurry. However, we're kind of getting into a season where the fall market is, is coming up upon us and investors come into the market. And when that happens, you know, those things that you've been waiting on, investors will come and pick up right away and they'll pay cash and they'll close in 15 days, 30 days, whenever. And you don't want to get caught in that because that happens over and over all the time, when, especially when we're seeing um, a market shift like this, right? Like a year ago, 2016, 2017, um, sellers were... Pricing, they were setting their prices, and people were like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over ten grand. I'm gonna go over this, you know." And they're doing those things. Buyers weren't necessarily given choices of how long or taking the time um, to take to think about: Is this the property I really want? Is it? Am I compromising certain things? Am I, you know, gonna forego to getting an appraisal, like dealing with an appraisal? What am I gonna do here? And now they're giving, they're having the time and the opportunity to think through: Is this the right thing for us to do? Um, is this the right home for me? And just um, doing the research, you know, and I think that that is the way you buy anything that you're investing in. So I love it. So going back and understanding what happened in fourth quarter or say end or shifting of the summer market into the fourth quarter market, you understand what to anticipate this year. And so what we're saying, what you're saying is basically for those buyers who were pushed to the ground of saying, hey, now you got to pay a premium for that property. And then you got to waive your inspection requirements, right? And I felt like last year, all the deals were falling apart during inspection because buyers felt like, I'm not going to pay a premium and then they're not going to fix this. And then there was a change with the purchase contract where now it's got to be something that's a safety hazard because if it's an existing pro, like it's an existing older, you know, HVAC per se or furnace, um, they're not going to replace it, right? Because it's not broken. So there was that shift and then buyers were like, what's going on? Like I'm paying a premium. The inspection came up and we used to give them the entire list and would say, hey, fix everything on this list. All of that has changed. And what you're saying now that what we can anticipate is that we can go back to that world. Yeah, we can go right back to it and and pick and choose. Like, is the seller going to fix things that, you know, are absolutely broken? They're not going to be able to just walk out of the house. Or are they are they going to um are they going to collaborate and work again? You know, it's a it's a buyer and a seller. It's, it takes two hands to clap, you know. The seller has to put their best foot forward and the buyer has to put their best foot forward and that's how you close a property, you know, in harmony. <laughs> And you hear that on Market Overdrive. And I love that if you're tuning in, this is really good advice because if you, you're you frustrated, right? You've been doing this for a long time. This is finally key. Someone's actually telling you, go ahead. And of course, there's not going to be a ton of inventory. There's not going to be a ton of options, but the options that are available, you are going to be able to slow down and you know negotiate the inspection repairs um, and see if the seller is willing to sell. And of course, sellers are a little afraid that if they stay longer on the market, they're going to start getting into those October dates. Right. So it's Halloween, then it's Thanksgiving, then it's the holidays. And a lot of people just don't 
like to make the move during the, that time. So that's why the market kind of slows down. Uh, but I, I, I want to do say this that I think it's very, it, it's inventory type, right? Single family, condos and two flats. So everything is very specific. So I always say rely on an expert. Make sure that you, you understand the dynamics of your specific area, like James said. Um, I'm sorry, John. I'm <laughs> like looking at my nose, John. Um, what are you seeing as far as uh, financing? Are, are you are you getting a lot of people that are looking to purchase? Is it slowing down for you? You know, the multi-unit um, side of things has been really hot this year. I've talked to more people about getting in a multi-unit than I ever have before in my life. And part of that is because of the accessibility that we've talked about before with those uh, Freddie Mac and FHA products to be able to purchase two to four unit homes. Um, now, that said, Freddie did recently come out with a little uh, happy little restriction that made that a little more difficult for people that are making more than 80% of the median income in any given area in the U.S. When you say Freddy, is that like my Uncle Freddy? Like, who it's is your Freddy? Uncle Freddy. <laughs> like, no, what are you talking about? It's like, it is an Uncle Freddy of sorts, if you consider... It's the uncle that's going to let you borrow money that your mom's <laughs> not going to let you borrow because you've been a good girl or boy and have uncle. paid your bills and have good credit, right? No, no, no. I mean, in, no, that's not how it works. In no, agency, it works. agency lending, we have uh, Fannie Mae, which I'm sure most people have heard of. Uh, Freddie Mac is kind of like the kid brother to, to Fannie Mae extremely similar with a little bit of deviation here and there and the multi-unit um, program for uh, home possible first-time home buyers is exactly that kind of a, a difference that allows people that exception and let me go down below like layers of information right because I, I really want to have people understand how this works so a lot of buyers will complain I'm so over it the underwriting I'm so over Tammy she keeps calling me and asking me for all these documents like why does she need they this? say that to you <laughs> well <laughs> they'll say that about Joel like they just say that about lenders, right? Overall, people get really frustrated and they're like, why does she keep asking me for this? Why do I need my birth certificate? Like, you know, yeah. I mean, it gets to that level of like annoying, like yeah. you guys ask for so much, but can you explain the reason why with, you know, Fanny, Freddie? Well, sure. They're probably Freddy. giving you like half a million dollars. Like it's, it's because they have to, they have to do due diligence. Um, when we saw, you know, everything that we saw with the meltdown, I was in business during that time. That was, that was a rough time uh, in the industry. The reason that all happened was because uh, things that were where those I's had not been dotted and those T's had not been crossed were being lumped in with ones where they were supposed to have been. And that was a big, a big part of the reason um, for that entire fallout, which caused a lot of people devastating levels of pain. So when you're thinking about getting a mortgage and having to do the, the paperwork, yes, it is a lot of paperwork. Yes, it is a headache, just like anything else <laughs> and that, that's going to be, you know, that intensive. Um, but it really is worth it. And it's not actually that bad. It's probably going to be over in 30 days. And people like Joel and myself are there to hold your hand through that <laughs> to make sure um, that you you make it through. Uh, and when the underwriter needs that, you know, one last thing again, uh, then then you can get it to them and then you close on your house and you'll be happy. So listen, it's not Tammy and it's not Joel's fault. It's really the requirements that the lenders are upholding it. You need this information and you need to procure that information in a timely manner. And you need to keep don't go shopping. Don't go changing anything. Don't go borrowing any money. Um, it's got to stay that way throughout the whole entire process. Going back to something that you said, Ami, um, I think it's really relevant for people to understand this, the competition, right? You said in fourth quarter market, or as we're shifting from summer to you know for, uh, fall, um, you're saying that basically investors are going to come in. And now you're competing as a regular buyer. I'm going to buy this to owner-occupy it. You're competing with an investor. What does that mean for me when it comes to negotiations? Well, investor will come in and and they will say, I don't need I don't need you to fix any items. I'm just going to take it as is. They're either going to gut the property themselves. They're going to put a tenant in there and do the necessary work that they need to do, which will be minimal. Um, and 
and then they'll close in a very short amount of time. So that really like limits the amount of inventory that is available to you um, to make an offer. Like you're going to, you know, you'll sit with your agent and say, you know, I want to go in at this price based on the comps. Well, when an investor is involved, it kind of goes out the window. You know, they're, they are looking for, they are looking for a deal. However, they know when to push and pull because this is not their first rodeo. Um, and they know where they can, where they can work a seller. Whereas like, okay, I don't need to repair any of these things. I'm going to close in 20 days. I can be out of here. And all a seller wants to do is move on. So they're kind of playing at their heartstrings. Like, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you this deal on a platter and you're going to take it. And it doesn't matter if someone comes in and gives me another five grand. It's not worth it to them to wait the extra 10 days or not to know what they're going to be doing in in the next few months. Um, And that's where the competition arises. So it's a little bit, be careful. You know, it's, I feel like buyers are staying on the sidelines a little bit, taking their time. And I don't, I don't blame them at all. I just think that at the end of the day, we're kind of coming into this place where we're in a gray area. It's not going to be black and white anymore. I think sellers have come to a place where they understand they've got to do some price drops and get realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's going back to education and giving them an idea of like, listen, there's X amount of months of inventory on the market right now. Do you want to be on next spring or yeah. do we want to sell it in 2019? Yeah. And I think that's that's really good advice for both sellers and buyers, right? Because it's about like if the seller says you know, I want to get rid of the property. But then if you're selling it to an investor, you're always going to sell it for less than if you were to sell it to an owner-occupied uh buyer because an owner occupied buyer is going to be more of the emotional I want to race or I want to I want to have host parties here if you're single um it's going to be an emotion and I'm going to leverage my loan I'm going to leverage the amount that I that I could borrow whereas an investor there's profitability margins right so if it's not making any sense I'm not making any money then you as the seller have to absorb the the decrease in value they're always so there's a difference in that so if you want to sell high sell it to an emotional right moving yeah. buyer if you want to sell low and just liquidate the asset i don't want to fix it i don't want to do any repairs i don't want to go through inspections if we agree on this price then we'll go through it absolutely that's exactly how it is i mean it's it's you've got it you know as a seller you have to know who your buyer is going to be and you've got to you know market your home that way you've got to price your home that way and if you don't do those things then, and you're willing to wait i mean at this point market times are, are getting longer and longer um but we're going to start seeing that decrease i think in the fall Love it. And yeah. again, I think the major concern, right, is how um, the difference is the cash buyer versus the finance buyer. And that's where you need a team that understands how to get you to win the offers, how to win these bids. So, Tammy, what do you do as a lender to gain leverage, right? If I'm competing against a cash buyer, but I'm going to spend more money because I got I have a loan, how can you make my loan product seem attractive to the seller so they can take my offer even if it's higher, but I'm going to go through the underwriting process and I need 45 days to get secure that loan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, typically, if we show them that it's a, a full document, um, there's a, a decent amount of money being put down on it. It's a conventional you know, financing loan. Those things are all very helpful. Um, I do sometimes ask up front in the process, if they're, especially if they're looking for a multi-unit. I mean, there's really no other way to do it if you're looking for a multi-unit. But um, I do sometimes ask up front for them to talk to their, their agent and see um, what their agent feels would be a good idea uh, or if they feel it would be a good idea to offer more than asking for the properties that they're looking at in the current market. It's not to try to get them to 
pay more money. I don't ever want anybody to have to overpay for anything, but it is to get them to not have to lose deal after deal after deal in a market where where maybe that's the case. And it may not be the case on every type of home. Sometimes the single family homes, you know, will sell for 10,000, 15,000 less every time and time again, but then the multi-units sell for 30,000 more time and time and time again. So, you know, just kind of know that the inventory and I don't I'm not the one that knows the inventory. You guys are the ones that know the inventory. So, I lean heavily on you guys for that and guys ladies i'm sorry the difference I, again i'm going to go back to what i said earlier today with john which is there's that online shopping experience and then there's that one-on-one investment consultant obviously market overdrive where we here we interview the top agents in the city of chicago i mean you're definitely moving things you've been in the business so you've gone through the ups and downs of this market you survived all those trends but truly because of the skills that you offer or the services you offer your clients one of the cool things about you two as a duo it's my understanding that you do coaching right you have the patience can you tell us a little bit more about that um, the coaching aspect is more of, it's it's all about education, right? I, I've spent a year educating other brokers on how to become better brokers, how to manage their clients a little bit better. And, and, and be, you know, be, you have to be a, a little bit ahead of the curve and talk to them about like, okay, the, this question, you know, inevitably is going to come up, right? Let's address it now and let's go through this step by step. And Tammy and I do a fantastic job of like talking about what to expect next. It's just like, you know, when you're about to have a baby, it's like what to expect when you're expecting. And this is basically the same thing. You know, you know, you're going to purchase a home. Leave it to the girls to talk about the painful experience of childbirth. <laughs> what to expect? Because real estate could really get that complicated. Yeah. And Tammy and I, I think, work well, very well together in prepping a home buyer to purchase their next home. Um, we just recently closed um, a client up in Ev- Evanston and they couldn't have been happier. I mean, they were first time home buyers, very conservative. Um, but as we continued the process, uh, they felt much more comfortable and confident that, that the decision that they were making was was the best decision for them and that they were doing it at the right price and with the right rates. So, Ami, what would you say to buyers that are contemplating whether or not they should buy this season or ride out? I mean, I know we had talked um, before the show a little bit about the fact that next year is a, an election year um, and all of the unknowns that can come along with that. But we also have unknowns in terms of rates. We don't know if they're going to go down or if they're going to go up. What What would you tell um, a home buyer right now? I think opportunity is here. I would definitely strike. Um, you know, when we when we were in an election year, what happens also is that sellers also start to get a little bit gun shy, and only the people who are going to move are absolutely going to sell their homes. So I think at this point, there may not be inventory that you're seeing on the market right now. You might not have a choice. So this FOMO that is being experienced in the market, um, people need to get a reality check pretty quick. I think that's my opinion. Um, I do think that sellers either the the inventory that you see in the market right now will either come off in the during the holiday season and then go back up in the in in the, in the spring again, and then you're kind of back at square one. So and things might look different. The interest rates might go up. They may come down. We don't know. Right now, the opportunity is there. You've got you've you've got a trifecta. You've got inventory in the market. You've got time, and you've got interest rates that are coming that are coming down. Yeah. And I think that. If you're a buyer, that that's that's kind of the perf- perfect conditions to make an investment and grow. Great advice. See, if you don't take any of this information seriously, you're not really, really like interested in real estate. But it's so fun. <laughs> I'm like little. I'm like in the middle of a rehab project right now, and like seriously, I probably have asbestos. I didn't say that. There was not asbestos. No, <laughs> I have dust in my hair, like a gel. He's like, mm. uh, but really, it's 
It's crazy because I know that people talk about these adjustments and these recessions, but it's about opportunity, right? You want to buy low. And so fine, you don't want to buy something right now, then buy when the market adjusts and go ahead and buy multi-unit and then hold on to them for a long, long time. There's always opportunity in real estate if you want to create wealth. So thank you so much. Where can we get a hold of you? Um, you can go to my website. It's amibumia.com, A-M-I-B-U-M-I-A.com. Great stuff. And I love that dress. Thanks for Again, me. makeup is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love the makeup? Well, I'm wearing makeup today, too. Just look at me. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Are you serious? Look at your hair. It's always super perfect. No, I don't have makeup on, but you're just looking at the camera and seeing where we're at. You're always squinting. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's a light right there. I'm taking it all in and enjoying it. <laughs> like you just said in that segment, you got to like it. If you don't, why are you listening? Right? right? I love it. Speaking of which, though, remember, guys, that all of our shows are on Facebook and YouTube. So tune in, go back and look at uh, previous uh, episodes and uh, elevate your real estate IQ. Yeah, seriously, share them with your friends because there's some information that we cover and it's completely different every week. Uh, but Joel, you said that we were going to do giveaways. I mean, how are we doing with that? And do you have a secret of what they're giving away or is oh my it just gosh. a ticket? No, not swag? yet. There's... <laughs> what is it? I'm usually the one making these types of giveaways. I'm making sure that our uh, next guests go through some of the things that they're going to be doing uh, live in the scene. I love it. So what do we have today? Oh, look at who's here. Mr. Handsome has just arrived. Hi. Hello, gorgeous. How are you, handsome? And Joel, Joel, you got some competition over here with Mr. Ken. How's oh my going? gosh, who's wearing more makeup? Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> are you wearing makeup, Ken? I, 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 I need to touch I don't your hope skin. I don't need it yet. Oh, look know. at you. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on here? Well, Mod in the scene. We got Ken. He's yep. going to come and talk to us about what's going on in Chicago. A lot of noise in so, the skies. And what's going if on? If we talk about events, today is a, uh, a sacred day, right? Sacred. Does anybody know who Max Yasker is? Oh, gosh. Ooh. Oh, wait. It's an education test. It is. Yes, it is. 50 years ago today, Max Yasker, the king of all party throwers, had a party in upstate New York. Oh, ho, 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 called Woodstock. 69. 50 years ago today. Throwback Thursday. There goes Carla. I mean, she knows nothing. Let your freak flag fly. It's not real estate. I don't know anything about it. So if you bought that farm, it'd be all about real estate, right? <laughs> so tell us when you were there. So you were there. <laughs> I was his partner. What are okay. you talking about? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, no, lots of stuff going on. Uh, tonight, starting, uh, Clark After Dark, uh, thrown by the USO uh, for uh, military members and their families, supporting them on uh, Clark Street down in River North. Uh, so that'll go uh, tonight. And then also starting tonight is the uh, Italian festival, Little Italy. So that's going on. I love it. And see, that's the richness yep. about this Chicago area. It's like there's so many different pockets and you feel like you once you leave one area, you've entered in another one. It's like a completely different world. Yep. I love all the festivals going on in the city, the arts and crafts. I mean, I, I that's what makes Chicago in the summertime so glorious. Yeah, it's just one thing after another. Next week after that is Greek festival. And so uh, all kinds of things going on there as well. Um, and then, of course, the Pilsen Fest is also going on this weekend so uh what can we expect there so there's uh, all kinds of mexican art festival there's uh i think a sangria element to Ooh, it Mama yeah likes. yeah yes. so that's uh, 18th <laughs> 18th and uh blue island uh, is where that festival is so there's things going on all over the city and then of course the air and water show right and so uh up and down the lake line, all kinds of uh, different Can locations. Can we catch that on your rooftop? <clears throat> I mean, you've never invited me to your rooftop. Oh, I'm shots a fired jelly. already? We're doing shots <laughs> fired? 
This is a brand new rooftop at the house. We will be doing uh, air and water show, but for years to come. Party of VIP access <clears throat> oh to Joel's rooftop for yep. the air and water show. Yep. And I'll give you the address at the end of this. So, <laughs> <laughs> But Ken, seriously, it. coming up, this was the day we were sitting here in the studio earlier and we could hear it. So was it today or what was going on today? So they're doing practice runs, what they okay. call sorties in the military. Mm-hmm. So I was in the Air Force and, uh, you know, if you're going to watch the show, one of the things that was always cool on my base when South Carolina back in the day. Yeah. Um, before the propeller planes, uh, right. they, we, we, he had, uh, A-10s. Uh, and if you watch the A-10s, it's one of the cooler planes to watch. They're the, they're the bullies of the sky. They would come down, they call them tank busters. Uh-huh. And they could turn on a dime in midair, real low flying. It's really cool stuff. So it's all neat, but, uh, I'm an Air Force guy, so I like to, I like to promote So that was wow. practice today, and yep. then we have the yep. show that starts yep. tomorrow. All tomorrow, I think it starts at, uh, 10 a.m. It goes to 3 p.m., something like that, both days. Um, Great stuff. So you yeah. have a guest. Let us know. We, I do. And so, so he's speaking really of the quietly, air show, really nice. Speaking How of the air you? show, uh, Anthony Stefani. So I'm friends with his father and uh, all of his associates. And so today we met Anthony for the first time, but sure. his Thanks sister Gina as well. And so uh, Anthony's uh, working with uh, the Stefani group. If you don't know, my my front room is basically Tavern on Rush, <laughs> and they run that. Uh, but uh, Broken English, Mad Social, and tell us all about. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, we obviously speaking on the air and water show. We kind of um, we have castaways. We do. Uh, we're partners in Shore Club, which is on North Avenue Beach, and then uh, a bunch of restaurants. So we have you know a couple Tuscanies. We have you know Tavern on Rush, Riva Navy Pier, um, newer ones, uh, Mad Social on Madison, Bar Cargo on Wells in Ohio, uh, the Broken English Group. We have three of those. Um, so it's, it's, uh, Pure Garden at Navy Pier. Pure Garden at Navy Pier. So, Anthony, yeah. what you're saying is that if someone wants to have fun and get like full access of the air and water show, they should go to one of your restaurants. Tell me yes. about this North Avenue one. So, the actually two at North Avenue. So, the one that I kind of grew up at working, that's kind of where I got my feet dirty with, with working in the, the family industry was at Castaways every summer. Um, so, air and water show is like the Super Bowl for us. So, um, Kind of do we do a package deal Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Um, already sold out on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's uh, actually limited seats available for the first time in a long time, and that's. But uh, you heard it on Market Overdrive, and yeah. we have him here, and he's going to give you your, his phone number so that you can exactly get a table, right. <laughs> and everybody has VIP access, and everyone yeah. who calls from yeah, Market Overdrive is going to get a table. You hear that, Joel? We're working that angle. I love what you said. <laughs> well done. Well done. Anthony, you mentioned something about growing up in the business. And I think that because we are a real estate show and it's an investment show and some people may want to venture in the business of, you know, a commercial business. Can you tell us and share a little bit about your family history? Yeah. So uh, my dad opened his first restaurant in uh, 1980. It was uh, opened it with his uncle at the time, who was a chef, um, Italian restaurant or from northern Italy uh, in a town called Luca. So it was focused on that northern Italian cuisine. Um, he was also a travel agent at the time as well. So this was kind of for his uncle, for something for his uncle to do. Um, and it ended up kind of exploding. And now we're at uh, about 17 uh, different lo- restaurant locations from Italian, steakhouse, seafood, 
Mexican. Wow, uh, love it. So got, see, a uh, business a owner it, yeah. with a artist that's a chef, you marry those together and you partner and you grow business, right? So exactly. is that the formula? Exactly. Can you cook? <laughs> oh my gosh, I am a good cook, but I'm when you want girl. when you Can want a good this? meal, <laughs> go check out one of uh, Phil's restaurants for sure. <laughs> glad to have Anthony here today. See, Thank he's you trying very to get, much. He's trying to get the VIP table from <laughs> Well, Anthony's not he's, even he's mentioned the whole catering business of the Stefani's catering business. My mom kind of runs the inspired catering and events. It's a family owned. That's what family I love owned, about it. Yes, I have my, my sister. Yeah, she has. We kind of focus on uh, a couple restaurants each. So she has Mad Social on Madison. That was her first restaurant. Mine first kind of coming back into the business because, you know, like I said, I grew up in it, uh, worked in it out of college, then left for five years to work. I worked for the Blackhawks for five years, get some uh, outside of ex- outside experience. And then um, when I came back, my first project was a Roman pizza bar called Bar Cargo. And uh, since then, we've opened a couple more restaurants. Um, so kind of the the new generation of, you know, Stefani is kind of helping to get, you know, the the younger generation now into the, the restaurants as well. I love it. So it's not that old school classic. It's you're getting a new young sure, vibe. We still have the- some of that. But now the newer ones, you know, will cater to the the younger generation. So. Love it. And uh, before we let you go, Ken, I need you to please yeah. explain to people what's happening on August 25th. Brunch with a cause, right? So uh, for St. Jude's uh, to help people with uh, children who are going through cancer and uh, their treatments to help support them financially, spiritually, and so on. Uh, it's a great cause. It's at Gibson's Italia, which is a great location. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's a $75 package. Fantastic cause. Um, and I'm, I know you'll be there. I'll definitely uh, be there. We're there. And, yep. Everybody yep. here from yep. the Mod Squad is going to be there. And it's seriously, I think the Gibson's Italia group has outdone themselves. They've donated the menu. The entire menu is amazing. And not to mention Bloody Mary's and mimosas and of course we got cognac tasting we got pisco sour tasting we have so many i mean bocce ball tournament on the lawn and literally this is 75 dollars for the from 10 a.m to 3 p.m you're going to be sitting down you're going to have a menu you're going to dine and they're going to serve you and again it's for the children it's for st jude's children's research hospital a cost is very dear to me um and actually we met with st jude's staff today they're super excited we're expecting over 300 people there i know you've seen all the videos and all the footage that we've done for this event um so please come and join us uh again 300 people where uh the goal is to raise twenty thousand dollars and to give this to the children at st jude's children's hospital so hope to see you there Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for coming out and hanging out with us. And then our next event is going to be at one of your places. I hope so. so. (laughs) How do we we get tickets for those last few that remain? Yeah, so you could go to either castawaychicago.com or shoreclubshy.com. Love it. Great stuff. See, Joel, we we always have something to do every weekend. I think, like, now from until what, the holidays? Well, here's what Carla does that's amazing. You you were so low key about this, but you really, truly give back. The event coming up on the 25th, guys, for $75, not only is it a great event that you can go to so that you feel like you're giving back and actually being part of something, but it's really good networking as well. The people that surround Carla and the people at the Mod Squad really are about giving back, and we focus on this concept of giver's gain. Thank you, Joel. I really appreciate it. And of course, you know, this is a cost and um, we call it brunch for a cost because it's Sunday fun day. And who doesn't want to celebrate Sunday fun day uh, with your friends and of course, reserve a table. And uh, and for you who are corporate companies can go ahead and reserve an entire table for your team. And seriously, it's going to be a blast. Um, before we finish our show, we love, again, going back in the scenes and what's going on out there. Uh, we have the Tony P event and Greg um 
team here, and you guys are talking about what we're talking about today? Voice of blockchain. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we're so glad that you're here. Introduce yourself first and tell us a little bit about what you're going to talk about today. Well, I'm uh, Alton Erdemir, and uh, this is Joe Hernandez. People know me as Disruption Joe. You can find me anywhere at Disruption Joe. Please expand. <laughs> what does that mean? Did he say disruption? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did. Yeah, uh, we're here to talk about a blockchain conference, which actually has a lot of stuff involving real estate. And... There's something in the air today. I mean, it all started with the, the geeking out earlier with your guests, and now we're talking about disruption and blockchain. Please explain. I'm like, oh, what is this? Then why should I care about blockchain? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Literally, the people that are listening, why should I care if I'm watching or listening? And how does it have to do with real estate? I think like it's 1994. Mm-hmm. If somebody was tell you, to tell you about the internet, mm-hmm. you would want to know about that looking backwards, right? And this technology is going to be in everything, just yeah. like AI is going to be touching everything. And the only difference is it's a new, better internet that instead of just being able to send information to somebody, th- think about it. If I hand you a dollar bill, I have it, then you have it. And we know who has it right now. But if I send you an email or a file, do you know that I didn't delete the other copy? So that is why this technology enables things like Bitcoin. A lot of people confuse the two. But it's a technology that actually allows you to send value and have property ownership in the digital world. So, and so that's the second thing. Is Most people think, is the blockchain exactly the same as Bitcoin? Explain that that's not the case at all. Yeah, not, not at all. The, uh, the application of the technology, the first thing that made a lot of sense, if you can own something digitally, is money. Mm-hmm. Right? Money drives everything. And Bitcoin is the first application of the technology that actually allows you to avoid uh, using a bank at all. And this might seem a little wild or crazy, but think about a country like Venezuela, where they have 50,000 times inflation. Bitcoin might be a little unstable to us, but to them, it's actually quite stable. You, you look at this, Bitcoin is the highest uh, growing asset of the last 10 years. Put wow. it up against anything. Take 1% of that portfolio risk and put it into Bitcoin, you would have outdone the S&P. Just with 1%. I like that you mentioned Argent- uh, Venezuela, right? Um, yeah. Because I think that in, in, in America, we don't kind of follow the global aspects of the economy and how that affects us. We're still sitting pretty and we're like, oh, why, is the, why are we getting low interest rates, right? Why is the government doing this? Why is the government doing that? But I've heard that seriously putting your assets or your liquid assets into gold because it's something that holds value over time. It's not going anywhere. Um, it, it's, a, it's a significant good move, right? It's a really good move. So what you're saying is instead of doing gold per se to go ahead and do this investment or to transfer your funds in this form? Yeah, actually. So for Bitcoin, the specific right. application, uh, a lot of people look at it as digital gold. And that is because it is a sound money form. No government can turn it off or censor it or seize it. The network's not controlled by a company. There's no CEO of Bitcoin that they can go to and say, shut this thing off. And just like the internet, everybody participates in it together. So yeah, anybody can access it. And and I guess we're speaking like foreign language for those people who are not familiar with this topic or familiar with this product. But Alton, you you have an event that's coming up, and is there going to be more information available for that? Well, we have a few events going okay. up. If you know about us, uh, we have uh, Tony <laughs> P's. Like, on we the- like to party, so we're gonna, <laughs> we're going to give well, this to the masses. Business party, but on the twenty first, we actually have a Tony P's event at the Godfrey, which will be great. Uh, huge sold out crowd, probably just like last time. But on the twenty seventh, we actually have a kickoff uh, panel discussion event 
for the Voice of Blockchain. It's actually uh, just across the street at our new uh, co-working place. I don't know if you've heard of Workbox. It just oh, opened yeah. there. I've heard Great about facility. Yeah, I saw the video. I think Fem City was doing a video on there. They were showcasing because mm-hmm. they're going to host events there. Uh, with our very own Tammy that uh, is part of the Fem City family. But, you know, we don't need to talk about the next upcoming event because it's Greg's birthday. And who doesn't know Greg, right? So, Tony <laughs> exactly. P and Greg, they put together these events. So, if you want to network, just go to this. It's uh, next Wednesday, I believe. Next Wednesday, the 21st. And then we have the big conference, uh, The Voice of Blockchain. Yeah, the voice of blockchain. We have uh, TD Ameritrade, uh, Deloitte sponsoring a keynote from Congressman Foster, who runs oh, the, look uh, at you guys. head Big of the time. AI Committee and yep. Blockchain Coalition. And uh, that's going to be on September 30th, August 1st. And it is at Venue 610 on Michigan Avenue. Oh, wow. that's amazing. That's okay. really cool. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. And some big real estate names, too. Uh, Jeff Kesselman, he was executive director at Newmark Knight Frank. Uh, we have managing director of Prologis coming for discussions. And the Digit Group CEO, $120 billion under management. So. so you mentioned that. Now, yeah. tell us before you go, what is Chicago's connection to Bitcoin? Because you're mentioning some of these people. What specifically does Chicago have to do with Bitcoin? Well, keep in mind, it's not necessarily Bitcoin. Uh, using an example, kind of on the rough terms, Bitcoin to blockchain is like a website on the internet. See, there we did it again. Right? See, so yep. blockchain that's why is you're whole teaching server. us. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. So let me rephrase it. What is Chicago's connection to blockchain? So if you can own anything, you can also own property titles digitally and have it digitally native. And Chicago has always been a center for innovation, right? We're right where finance meets uh, manufacturing, meets the supply chain. And now going into the digital world, you know, the real estate's too expensive in San Francisco and New York. So if you're an entrepreneur or a company looking to relocate, Chicago is an excellent place. The talent pool we have from the universities, uh, second to none. The uh, specific skill sets those universities teach are great. And companies are relocating here constantly. So Chicago has a chance to actually bring an international conference, Tech Forward, that is something that we haven't done yet. And now is our time to say, yes, we're going to be the leaders. We could be the leaders in this technology in the world. So if you want to geek out with these guys and learn a little bit more about this, where is, again, the event? Well, the first one, the 20P, Greg's birthday, is at the Godfrey on the 21st. Um, the next one is at the co-working space workbox right here across the street on Wabash on the 27th. And then venue 610, uh, which is right off of Michigan. It's a beautiful place if you've been there. Uh, that's where the Voice of Blockchain will be. Love it. See, lots of stuff to do. Again, there's always something to do, and you hear it here on Market Overdrive. And you, sir, said we were going to get freebies. I, where are they? So, <laughs> so <laughs> this two- is where you put them on the spot, Joel. Is that easy? So everyone gets one free Bitcoin from these guys over here. Is that what it was? <laughs> well, Joel, cover mine. Come on, Joel. Stop it. Joel's going to start. He's going to fund it. But no, so we got tickets to Greg's event well, or Tony do. P's event? We do. Just because uh, WGN's so great. If they wait, type wait, market overdrive. Like, market overdrive. Yeah, it's because yeah, of all. Let's all market give away overdrive. free ticket, right? <laughs> okay. Everything's let's great. Let's all give away a free ticket. A free ticket? I come up with tickets. an entree. There you go. Pair of tickets. Two you tickets. want to bring a friend, right? <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, it's Carla and her posse. I mean, Kai wants to come, right, Kai? <laughs> okay, so what's the code if we want to go to your events? Well, we can do a free market overdrive or free MOD. Ooh, free mod. I like that. See Done. You? Done. That's how we do it, guys. <laughs> we'll take it. Awesome. First two or first person that goes to the website, the voice blockchain, or is it voice, voice of blockchain.com? Pretty easy. Love it. Thank Use you, that Jennifer. promo code and you'll get a free, uh, well, they're actually $400 tickets. So this is a. A nice gift. That's a disruption. Right. That's Thanks, a- Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
this is great stuff. Thank you so much for coming out. And again, I want to thank our partners at Tony P and Greg, of course, because this event that we're hoping they're hosting at Gibson's Italia on the 25th, it's really the partnership that you find and that you create with these gentlemen is amazing. I mean, just to be able to get sponsorship for the liquor, to be able to get sponsorship for just various things, right? As an entrepreneur and you're hosting and giving back, to be able to give back to an organization like St. Jude, um, again, it's through the networking and the networks that Tony created for himself and, of course, Ken Monroe from Chicago Scene. So I'm in humble, humble, thankful, thankful mode uh, with these guys. And I hope both of you are going to be there. I'm excited about uh, Brunch for a Cause, August 25th. It is actually mine and my husband's one-year anniversary that day, (laughs) and we have a table reserved. We got tickets, and we will be there at 10 a.m. Yay! And Joel, can I count with you and your posse? Oh, we're there for sure. And also remember, guys, if you like our content, please feel free to invite your friends, like us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Sharing is caring, guys. So thank you so much. I love it. And every other week, we come together in the studio to elevate, seriously, your real estate IQ. And we hope that you learned something, that you can share this uh, information with your friends. People are not always looking to buy or sell real estate, right? But eventually, this we, we're going to keep saying it, saying it, saying it over and over again. Invest, invest, invest. This is a long-term wealth kind of product. Uh, don't you agree, Tammy? Absolutely. I mean, I think tonight's show in particular was packed full of amazing content. Uh, it's probably one you want to put in your saved items and rewatch from the beginning and take notes. Um, and like Ami said earlier, it really is the time to buy. We talked about it even last time on the show as well. This market's amazing. Take advantage. See, so educate and have fun. And we celebrate on the weekends with all these events. So again, thank you so much for sharing this uh, day with us. And you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, marketoverdrive.com, and of course, Facebook. And we're live. And again, share and share and share. And again, thank you for spending your evening with us. 